Hi guys, this is Cliff Knight from Equippers International. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to lift up Jesus and provide a place where you can be taught the truth and encouraged in your relationship with Him. If you find this podcast helpful, feel free to share it with others. We believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement and that you'll be strengthened in your relationship with Jesus. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Equippers International podcast. We're studying the book of Romans together, and we're in the first chapter. We're still making our way through this lengthy prologue, or this salutation. It's the opening greeting that Paul gives to the Romans when he writes this letter. It is the longest salutation of all his letters that he wrote. And in it, he is laying out a beautiful statement of his own personal calling, the gospel, the nature of the origins of the gospel, the identity of Jesus. And so we're kind of stepping through these verses together. We've looked at the first four verses. Today, we're going to focus specifically on verse five and make a few comments there. I'm going to read the first six verses again because I love to put it in context and I just love hearing the scripture. So let's read Romans 1, 1 through 6. Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, and who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the Spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 5. Through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. Paul has told us up to this point that the gospel, the good news of God, was something that was promised beforehand in the prophets and the holy scriptures of the Old Testament. And the gospel is centered upon his son. And then he says in verse 5 that it's through Jesus Christ, he says, through whom we have received grace and apostleship. Now, I'm going to make a few comments here just on this little phrase about receiving grace and apostleship. But needless to say, there's going to be a lot to be said about grace later on and throughout the book of Romans. But it's an interesting comment that Paul makes here. I think specifically he's not referring to the general reception of grace in the lives of all believers, though he's going to talk about that in great detail later in the book. I think what he's saying here, and we know from the structure of the original language, he's saying that we, the writer of this book, and I believe he's referring to his co-laborers, his apostolic team of men and women that he works with in the ministry, and he says that we have received a grace and an apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. So Paul is first recognizing that there's this empowerment. We're going to talk a lot about grace, and we're going to talk about it primarily for the real meaning that it has. And that is as the empowerment that God provides for us to 
live the Christian life, to walk in giftings and callings. And it's going to be all about this process of impartation of God into our lives to actually walk out our calling and as children of God, as ministers of God. And we're going to unpack a lot of that in the future episodes. But right here, Paul immediately is recognizing that there was a grace and an apostleship. There is this role that God has given Paul and others like him in the work of the ministry to go about doing what God is gifted in calling them to do, primarily to do the apostolic ministry. And the apostolic ministry, without going into a lot of detail here, because we don't have time to go off into all the different trajectories that these texts can take us, but primarily the work of the apostles is to lay the foundation of Jesus Christ in the lives of believers. We call that the church. It's not in an organization. It's in groups of people. It's in the individual and corporate lives of people that find themselves as an expression of Christ's body on the earth. Now, that can be in all different shapes, forms, and sizes. But the point is, is that the apostles are the ones that lay the foundation of Jesus, the understanding of the gospel of God through Jesus Christ, the understanding of who Jesus is, what he's accomplished for mankind, what it means for us to walk in that understanding, how to know him more, how to make Jesus Christ as the personal foundation of our lives individually, and how that looks on a practical level, and to also lay him as the foundation for the corporate body of Christ. What does it look like for Jesus Christ to be that foundation functionally, practically? So these are very important things that apostles do. And Paul's recognizing that there is this grace that's been given to him and his ministry team to do this. And what ultimately is the end goal of this process? I love what Paul says. He says here that they have received this grace and apostleship to bring about obedience of faith among all the Gentiles. Now remember, the Roman church that Paul's writing this letter to is somewhere probably around 20 years old already. So a lot of time has gone by since the ascension of Jesus and Pentecost and the pouring out of the Spirit and the birth of the actual body of Christ on earth. So the church in Rome was about 20 years old. And in that time, the Jews had been expelled from Rome and what believers were there were Gentiles. And we know also that the nature of Paul's calling was to the Gentiles. Though he was a Jew, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, he knew exactly how to relate and be called to his own countrymen. He was called as an apostle to the Gentiles. And Peter was primarily called as an apostle to the Jews. Now, I want to focus in this episode specifically on this little phrase where Paul says he was called to bring about the obedience of faith among the Gentiles. Now, this is a unique little phrase. This obedience of faith only appears two times, one in these very preliminary verses of Romans, and then in the very second to last verse of Romans at the very end of the book. He says, but now it has been manifested unto us and by the scriptures and the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, he has made known to all the nations leading to an obedience of faith. Now, what does it mean, this obedience of faith? 
Well, let's talk about obedience from a scriptural standpoint. Now, most times we hear the word obedience in a modern vernacular. We think about the idea or the notion of obeying as in doing what somebody tells us to do. So we will talk in terms of children obey your parents. And there is a very real sense of that. Parents tell their children what to do and the children should do it. But when it comes to our faith walk with the Lord, when it comes to coming into relationship with God and walking in that relationship, obedience in the Christian life really takes on a different meaning. Let's look at this word. In the original language, this word literally means to listen under. It's a prefix hupo, which is under, and the Greek word to listen. So literally, it's listening under or to under listen. So what it means is that when you hear what God has done through the gospel, you become obedient to that in faith by listening, by bringing yourself up under the truth. There's another scripture that I love that points this out specifically. It's in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. It says that since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. So Peter's saying the obedience to the truth is listening to the truth and bringing ourselves up under that truth. And specifically where our obedience lies is in our faith. Let me talk about this on a practical level. So what does that mean? I think a lot of us, if we're not careful, based on maybe teaching we've heard or traditional ways of seeing the Christian life, because, you know, there's a lot of focus in the church, and maybe rightly so to a certain degree, in discipleship of obedience and listening to the commandments and doing the right thing and whatever the Lord taught, being obedient to that. And I know there's an element that is true to this. I mean, Jesus even said at the end of Matthew, when he gave what we call the Great Commission. He said, go into all the nations and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I commanded you. So there's a very real sense that we are to do the right thing. But if we're not careful, we can make the Christian life all about obedience on the externals and bringing ourselves into a place of doing the right thing and thinking that if we get everything right, then we're on a good track. But really, there's something much deeper. It's really bringing ourselves into an obedience of faith. Because, you know, it really takes a lot of effort to just believe. Now, I know that may sound funny, but here's the problem that I believe lies at the heart of every person. Most of us are wired in our natural condition to want to do something to earn our position before God. I mean, it's very difficult in the human nature to receive. If you have ever had somebody that wanted to gift you with something very valuable, you know it strikes somewhere deep in your psyche to think, am I worthy of this? I mean, should I really receive this gift? But see, the whole notion of the gospel is that God has done everything necessary outside of our own efforts, outside of our own works to bring us into perfect, righteous standing with him, perfect, intimate, personal relationship with him. And he says, receive it. How? 
by faith. Just believe it. And bringing ourselves up under that in obedience. He's saying, show your obedience by believing. Your obedience of faith is what is pleasing to God. And the more we learn to simply believe by faith what God has done for us, then the more it begins to settle into our psyche, into our spirit, into our soul. And we begin to be settled on these issues. This is the most important process, I believe, in our Christian life. I focus on this a lot when I teach about the practical mechanics of the Christian life. You don't need to learn how to do more. You need to learn how to believe more. You need to learn how to obey by faith. Faith obedience is much different than works obedience. There is an outworking of our faith. We will by nature do the right thing, but it only comes as we abide in faith and obedience to what God has already done for us in Christ Jesus. It's the key that unlocks the Christian life. If we learn this simple truth and Paul says that his grace and apostleship was given to him to bring about this obedience of faith to all the Gentiles. I love Paul's perspective. He lives and eats and breathes this process. It is the passion of his heart to bring people to a deep abiding place of faith in Christ, faith in the finished work, faith in the good news of God. And so this is what Paul is focusing on. And this is why he addresses this church, primarily Gentiles, in the opening of this letter and saying, you are among those called of Jesus Christ. You are called to this faith and you have brought yourself up under, you've listened under the gospel and you've responded in your faith. In the end of this salutation, before he actually greets the church, he's covered these beautiful points. He's looked at his own position as a bondservant of Christ and his own calling as an apostle to preach the gospel, this good news of God, which was promised beforehand. And he said that it's there in the scriptures and it's rooted in the natural process, the historical process, and it's concerning his son Jesus. Jesus Christ. And it was through Christ that he's received this grace and this apostleship to bring about this obedience of faith among the Gentiles. And that's who we are. We are those that have listened under this powerful good news of God. And we just say simply, I believe it. The power of believing is something that we can never underestimate. Don't ever underestimate the power of your faith and what walking in faith to the truth is able to accomplish in your spiritual growth because it is the foundation. It is what the Christian life is made of. And this is why we obey the truth by believing it. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more. 